a doubter. Uh, Therefore, all things are possible for me. I recognize that it's not by my might, nor by my power, but by your spirit working mightily in me, which I overcome any adversity I may face on our journey. I am not afraid of what sickness can do to me. Some of us got to get this in our system because we, we need healing. All right. So we need to we call those things that be not called means and that uh, phrase means to summons. All right. So you're not lying and saying you're not sick, but you're calling healing in the way that God told you to do it. Yes. So that when he says call those things that be not, that means you're summoning those things. So you don't want to keep talking about your sick over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And over. You already got that. So we call for healing. Right. Amen. We call for, for what God promised. So let's do it again. I'm not afraid. Of what sickness can do to me. Because by your stripes, I am healed. I'm not afraid of financial lack. Because all my needs are met according to your riches and glory. Therefore, I live out of your pockets and not mine. And I cannot be overcome by depression. Because you have gifted me. With your peace that passes all understanding. And you won't take it back. I am an overcomer. Because you overcame. And I cannot be stopped. And I won't be stopped. I love you, Lord. Because you're a good, good father. Now shout it by faith. Believe you receive it. Shout it. Amen. 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 You got to buy it. If you don't buy it, then it don't go nowhere. You can have a seat. All right. This morning, we're going to continue down our road of development. All right. We're going to continue down our road of development. We are, uh, I guess, basing this time or this season of our, uh, of, of, of where we're going as a church on Hosea 4 and 6, where he says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Right. So understand something. That's that, how strong that statement is. It's so strong because uh, of, of when, we, when we put together with that Psalms 91. Right. And we talk. He talks about the, the uh, protection that we receive in Psalm 91. And so we understand that God is covering us. We his people. Right. And, 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 and when we dwell in the secret place of the most high, we are under God's protection. So God's our covering. Right. So he says that because he's our covering, we're his people. He covers us because we're his people. So he says that the only thing that can get to us as his people under his coverage is us. Right. Remember, we started off talking about how the the man said, he said, "Uh, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Right. So then we looked at it and we 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 talked, talked about the nature of God and we talked about that. It's, uh, uh, that it's God's nature and according to his word, he wants us, he wants to heal us. He wants us to do well, right? God's original intentions for man, if you read in the book of Genesis, was to, to bless man. He told man to be fruitful. He told man to multiply, right? He, he set him up in the garden. He gave him everything that he needed. Uh, over in chapter two, I think it's verse eight, he said that he, he said there was a certain river where he had put gold in there. And he said the gold of the, of that, uh, that was in there was good, right? So we understand also that all over the world, universal form of currency is gold, right? People will take gold from you anywhere. 
They might not take your dollar. They might not take your euro. They may not take your yen. They may not take your dinars, but they will take your gold. All right, so it was in there in the very beginning. He said everything up for the man to be good. So God's intention for man was good. Man messed it up, and then we had to come with the with the with, uh, all of the rules and the punishments. And the, if you do this, then I'm gonna spank you. And if these type, of, but that wasn't God's original intention. His original intention was for us to be blessed, right? So God's a good God. He loves us. He wants the best for us. Well, Pastor, if He wants the best for us, why are these people in these other countries going through all of this stuff they're going through, genocide and all these different types of things? Let me tell you something. God, that ain't God's intention for that to happen. Man makes choices. Right? People somewhere long ago, people over there. That's, but you see a time now where you have uh, people uh, rebelling against governments all over the place. They're like, we ain't dealing with this no more. We're not going to take it from you like this no more. And the Bible says this. He says, if my people who are, if my people, now watch this. He put it back on us. He said, it's not whether I can, it's not whether I'm willing, but it's on you. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land, right? So again, it's not whether he can, it's not whether he's willing. There's an issue with us. He can and he's willing. So he says that my people, right, under my umbrella, the only thing that can destroy you is you and your willingness not to develop. Uh, amen. Right? Your, un- your unwillingness to develop. Right? So we're going to look at, uh, you say, well, man, you talk about this develop, talk about this develop. I'm not talking about it from a Tony Robbins perspective. <laughs> Tony Robbins, great mer- uh, motivational speaker, uh, teaches people how to develop, but I ain't never heard Tony Robbins say nothing about God. Right? So understand something, Tony. Everything you're saying, you're plagiarizing from the Bible, and I believe you know it. Okay? I don't want to get on Tony Robbins, and y'all know I ain't like that about getting on nobody, but I want you to understand that's not what we're talking about. We, we can probably take some of Tony Robbins' stuff and apply it to our life and be better people, right? But we're talking about development with God, not separated from God. Amen. We're talking about development with God, not, not separated from God. So here we, we're going to look here. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 through 14. And here's going to be Paul talking about development and talking about training. Paul talking about development and talking about training. And so uh, we're going to cover two areas today. We're going to lay a foundation again, uh, kind of a review and a foundation for uh, development. And then we're going to go into talking about developing faith. Right, so we may not get it all done today, but we're going to shoot our best shot. So Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. Lord, I thank you for another opportunity to address your people. I thank you, God, that you love me. And by your grace, for some reason, that you chose me to to work with you and to know you and to be your friend and to be your son. I thank you so much. I thank you for the ability to be forgiven when I make mistakes and when I mess up. I just thank you. You're a great God. And I just, man, I, I need to spend more time with you. Help me to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 through 14, it says, and I'm reading again right now from the Amplified Classic Version. Right? It says, concerning this, we have much to say, which is uh, hard to explain. Since you have become dull in your spiritual hearing and sluggish, uh, even slothful in achieving spiritual insight for even though by this time you ought to be teaching others so here again he's telling them he says you guys are babies you should have progressed uh, right, right now so he's talking about development right out the gate yeah, he is. 
Right? You, you guys ought to be further along than you're supposed to be. This morning, we're going to hit and cover some stuff that is, that is going to be like, if there were good spiritual steroids, that's what we're going to do this morning. Right? By the time I hit you with this injection this morning, right? I mean, and what am I going to have to do before I inject you? I'm going to have to slap you around, you know, work some of your muscles, but it's going to be good for you. Amen? Because we're going to tell some truth this morning. So he says, for even though by this time you ought to be teaching others. Again, man, people in church, in church, are clueless as to what in the world is going on. A lot of times we're clueless. We think, if I go to church, you know, I'm a good person. Right? Church ain't about good people. Right? Look at the people who work with Jesus. Peter cussed folks and cut folks. You know, the prostitute lady came up and cried on his feet and put the perfume on his feet. He, he accepts all them folks. Right? Church is about repentance and obedience. That's what relationship with God is all about. Repent from, from your sins and obey God and have a relationship with Him. Right? We have made church about good people and, and coffee fellowships. That's not what church is about. You look at the people who represented God. Them boys were thrown in prison. Right? Different times. They went through some stuff for God. Right? David. Uh, David was a bad man at one time. David had many issues, right? But, 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 but what did God say? It was his heart that God appreciated about David, right? Not that he was flawless and not that he was perfect. It was his heart that God appreciated about David. And so there again, the Bible says that God goes to and fro searching hearts, right? This Christianity and your love for God is done with your heart. Right, God is looking at your heart. Where are you with your heart? Not that you're perfect, not that you're without mistakes, but where is your heart? Right, and will you develop? So we gotta, we, listen, we over here in our fellowship are not going to be, uh, all concerned, uh, about, or make the first priority about how good, good, uh, trying to be good people, do good works, and going cutting grass in the neighborhood and all that kind of stuff. We're not gonna worry about all that right now. Number one, we ain't got enough people to cut everybody grass. Alright? But we're gonna be concerned about connecting and getting closer to God and let God take you where you need to go. Amen? In His service. And, and for that to happen, you have to develop. Now this is a hard truth. Won't go over real good in a lot of churches because the people just want to be there for an hour, hour and a half, and then they want to go home and do whatever they was doing when they go home. They don't want no mental pressure on them. They don't want to be told they need to learn. They don't want to be told they need to develop. They don't want no more than that. I came to church. I'm a good person, ain't I? Let me alone. But that ain't good enough for Jesus, man. Not the Jesus that's in the Bible. Alright, so he says, for even though by this time you ought to be teaching others, you actually need someone to teach you over, uh, uh, over again, the very first principles uh, of God's word. You have come, you have come to need milk, not solid food. For everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness, of conformity, to divine, the divine will and purpose, the thought and action, for he is a mere infant, not able to talk yet. But solid food is for full-grown men, or women, right? For those who, whose senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to discriminate and to distinguish between what is morally good and noble and what is evil and contrary either to divine or human law. So he makes a distinction. There are some folks... Now, now, let me tell you, let me, let me, let me help you with this. I was, you know, even if you, you, you drag him behind a little bit spiritually, let me help you with something. Anybody ever familiar with the, and some of, some of the kids are not gonna know about this, unless you, you know, maybe YouTube, YouTube this, look this up. Baby Huey. Right? How many of y'all remember Baby Huey when you was a kid? Let me see the hands of the adults, right? 
Baby Huey was not normal. He was a cool cartoon, but that wasn't that wasn't right, right? Baby Huey, listen. You, if, if I'm a grown man, right? If I come in here wearing a diaper with a big old bottle, man, something wrong with me, right? That's what everybody gonna think. Hey, that, that brother ain't right. Something wrong with that brother, right? So because as a man, I ought to, I ought to be able to put some pants on and a shirt and come in here and talk with some good sense. If not, something has happened with my development. My development is out of line, right? And so understand that the same way from a spiritual perspective, from a spiritual perspective, we are supposed to grow spiritually. He, that's why he's using this. Now I don't know if, if he had a prophetic vision of baby Huey back then. Right? But when he's talking about this bottle and he's talking about this milk, right? This is a principle. Babies drink milk. My, 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 my grandkids, at a certain point, I seen them all, even my kids, they too old, I can't remember the bottles. But that, you know, my grandkids, they drink milk. Right? Because they babies and they do funny stuff. You know, move around funny. You know, and do, and then, uh, one of them, uh, uh, Jag, he's just learned how to walk and he walks on his tiptoes. Like, you know, hey, that, that, you keep doing that a long time, something out of order. Right? Other grandson's in the walker, you know, and he, he, he goes around the walker. He ain't walking yet. Do he crawl? The boy crawl? Okay. So he crawls. He's progressing, right? So we move from crawling to walking and stuff like that. It's progressing. Spiritually, you are supposed to progress. Right? It's coming straight out of the Bible. It's not just Pastor Levi talking about that, that development again. Paul's saying the same thing. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 through 3. There were people who died, man, for, for this Bible. There were people who died uh, uh, in the process of this getting written and establishing the kingdom of God. So this, is, again, is not a game. I don't know how a person can think that, that church and, well, the kingdom of God is about coffee fellowships. When so much pain went into this whole situation, people going to jail. Paul wrote most of the New Testament from jail. Right? There ain't nothing fun about that. I bet they weren't giving them coffee in there either. Right? But he was writing this stuff down so we can get it. Because our Christianity should go beyond these pews. It's a lifestyle. It's not just something where you come and church is a nice place. No, 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 no. If church was just, listen, let me tell you something. They tried to sell to me that church was a nice place for a number of years. But I preferred the strip clubs more than church. Right? I preferred my life of crime more than church. That didn't, the nicety of church didn't cause me to come to Jesus. It was the power of God that caused me to come to Jesus. Right? I always wanted to be a good person. It just wouldn't take it on me. It wasn't working. I kept trying to be a good person. It wasn't working. Right? Until I experienced the power of God, got to know God. And I'm like, hey, this is, this is not for suckers. This is real. Right? There's something to this Christianity thing. Why is it that people think there's nothing to the Christianity thing but going to church? Because that's what we put out there most of the time. We don't, we don't put out there that there's, that we got good sense. Right? That we excel in business. Right? That, that God's with us on our projects, that God takes care of us, that we have encounters and, and life-changing uh, thing, uh, moments with God. We don't put that out there. It just come here and it's fun. No, sometimes it ain't fun. Sometimes it's hard. Amen? Amen. So here we are, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. He says, however, brethren, I could not talk to you as spiritual men. He, he's on this again. Right. But as to non-spiritual men of the flesh in whom uh, the carnal nature predominates. Right. So he's like, you, you, you guys, again, they ain't developing. You're more excited about your uh, uh, your fleshly life than you are about your spiritual life. Right. So people who are excited about their spiritual life, 
nine times out of ten, we think of these people here like holy rollers or religious fanatics. He said, no, that's, that's par for the course. Right? You ain't even shot two strokes under. You're par for the course. Right? You ain't finna win nothing with that. So then he goes on, it predominates as, as mere infants in the new life in Christ, unable to, to talk yet. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not, not yet strong enough to be ready for it. But even yet, uh, you are not strong enough to be ready for it, for you are still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses. Wow! Under the control of ordinary impulses. Hey man, everybody's tempted to do something. Everybody's tempted to do something. You know, I, I told y'all, man, I, I, I hide nothing, keep no secrets. Uh, I was a alcohol drinker and didn't drink cheap stuff. I was a Hennessy, Cavassier, Cognac type of person. Michelob's and Heineken, no cheap liquor, except we couldn't get the good stuff. Right? <laughs> right? So, so, so listen, you, people have impulses. Everybody got stuff that they came out of, and yeah, there's temptation sometimes to go back and do it, but we don't give in, you know, uh, to our impulses, yeah. right? Uh, you know, it could be a man and, and, and his wife standing right there. Some cute woman comes over, devil shoot across your mind, oh, she's cute, you should say something. You going to do that standing by your wife? You didn't give in to that impulse, your wife will knock you out, <laughs> right? Or your husband will knock you out, <laughs> right? Yo, well, keep the domestic violence out of it. Bad example. Bad example. Bad example. But you understand where I'm coming from. Right? You, you, you know, your money getting low? Because the devil will tell you anything. Yeah, he will. The devil will tell you, hey, listen, you know, go rob a bank. Right? right? But as quick as we tell him, no, we ain't trying to do no time, devil. Right? We, we tell, whenever the impulses, all the stuff, you shut them down. Right? You don't just give in to every impulse. So it sets a precedence in your life that if you don't give in to every impulse, that means you can give, you can resist them all. Is that right? If if you have a history or have ever experienced rejecting one impulse, that means that there uh, lies within you the ability to reject the other ones. That's right. Amen. Right? It just has to be developed. But he's talking about these people, they don't want to grow. Now again, he's, he's writing these letters to God's people. These are not like people who don't have no relationship with God. Right? He says, for they're under the control of ordinary impulses. For as long as, as there are envying, jealousy, wrangling, and factions among you, uh, are you not unspiritual and in, the, and of the flesh, having yourselves human standard like mere unchanged men? Ah, oh, man, we wouldn't, I don't think this is a guy we want to have come preach. Paul? No, y'all think I'll, I'll get rugged sometime. This brother here is talking crazy to these people, right? He says, uh, are you not unspiritual and in of the flesh behaving yourselves after human standard like mere unchanged men? He's like, y'all not even acting like Christians. You're not even acting like followers of Christ. He said, you're giving to any impulse that comes through. There is no development. You're not growing, right? This, this, um, listen, this coming from the guy who wrote most of the New Testament. And, and God saw fit to add it to the scripture, the Bible. This is what, this is God's mind. God wants you to grow. God wants you to develop. Right? We can't stay the same. Uh, let's go now. Now, again, I told you we're going to talk about a couple things. Now we're going to talk about developing your faith, right? Let's go to James 
chapter 1, we're going to go 1 through 8, and then we're going to read verse 12. 1 through 8 and verse 12. Right. I was having a conversation. I guess I won't call it really prayer, but I'm having a conversation talking to God about something, right? Having a conversation with God. And, uh, you know, we're thinking, I'm, I'm thinking about some things that are going on in my life and some stuff that I need to happen. And, you know, how many of you know that if, if God don't show up for a while, you know, you, you, the devil start messing with your mind if you ain't been in your Bible, right? So if God don't show up for a while and, you know, and, and what's, what's, if there's one thing that we all kind of revert back to, right? When we get in them alone times and we ain't really, we ain't seen God in a minute, right? So one of the things that we revert back to is we say, well, God, if you do this one this time, <laughs> right? If you do this one this time, I know you're with me, right? I know you're with me. And sometimes we'll take it back. You know, God has done several miracles. You done said that same thing sometime before, and it ain't I know you're with me. I know you're real. Uh-oh. Right? So so here you you playing the reality of God. The devil done got your mind so twisted up into thinking that everything you didn't experience and seen from God thus far, it was coincidental. Uh-oh. It wasn't divine intervention. Right? So here we are playing these games. Uh, God, I need you to show up and do this one, and I know that you're with me. You told me that five times ago. You told me that five times ago. And so here's the thing. You don't need another miracle to know that God's with you. It's exactly the reverse. Right? You need to know that God's with you, and then you can get the miracle. Right? You don't need, I don't need another miracle to know that you're with me. At some point, I got to know. You said you never leave me and you never forsake me. I don't care what's going on right now. At some point, it has to develop. Your faith has to develop to that point to where I'm going to continue walking. I'm not going to quit. Yeah. Your faith has to develop to the point, not just stay the same to where you, you're always quitting on God. Always quitting on God because, God, you didn't come through and how could you let me go through this and how could you let me... Man, I'm going to show you some stuff in this book that's going to mess your head up. <laughs> that you ain't thought about that God let people go through. You run around there crying about your little bit of stuff. Right. Paul, Paul talked about light affliction. Why am I saying this to you? I'm not saying this to you. My goal is never to belittle you. Well, I want you to be the best that you can be. be. But, but athletes don't grow by not practicing. That's right. Why do you think they got them big old muscles? They get on the TV, got them, you know, I used to wear shirts like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just get the scissors and cut the shirt up and leave a couple of uh, threads on there. Ain't nothing more than a couple of threads. Maybe just the Nike logo on there and a couple of strands to hold it on. You know, I used to walk around like that, Russ. In the mall like that, you know. Muscles bulging and stuff like that. But I got the muscles because I was in there lifting that weight past the man in the weight room. Right. So 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 that's how they got big. That's how they get strong. You know, they, they run these uh, four or five and, and four, four, 40 yard dashes. That, that takes practice. Yeah. In football season, you watch the news. They said the Texans we get on the plane and we're going over to uh, training camp. Man, it's hot out there. Yeah. <laughs> you do two days, right? Two times a day. It's hot. Right. So there's some sacrifice in order for them to develop. Somebody say develop. In order for them to develop, they have to go through some hard things. Right? But church Christian people, what we believe, 
is that all we have to do is say yes to Jesus. <laughs> and there's no more hardness to it. Well, ain't, ain't nothing hard. I said yes to Jesus. And look, watch this. Ooh, watch, 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 watch. That's why new Christians be so excited. Yeah. <laughs> excited. Praise the Lord. Have you received Jesus yet, brother? Would you like me to pray for you to get that right now? Because right? they're excited. When do the gas come out of the balloon? Oh, when they start getting hit in the stomach. All of a sudden, it ain't so much, brother, you want this? It's like, brother, I don't know if you want this. Right? I don't know if you want this, brother. Right? Because it ain't that easy on this side. It's easy to go along and do what everybody else says and what everybody else is doing. Right? Christianity is hard. Real Christianity is hard. You know, for me to, to be something that I, that I use, because people don't understand. Your stuff from your past life, before you was a Christian, it travels. Right? The good stuff and the bad stuff, it all travels. So we talked about a person that may have skill uh, or, or something administratively or in business. Man, God's going to bless you. I'll do something for you. That's something, you got a story, I want to hear it sometime. But the last three weeks that we come... God's been showing me that, that he's going to do something special for you. That it's not over for you. That no matter how bad it's been, that if you keep listening, you keep learning, you keep growing, God's going to do something incredible for you that's going to blow everybody around you's mind. Believe that and receive that. Amen. Amen. So, so again, you know, a person that comes into the body of Christ, they have administrative background, they can use that. Right. So they're they're And they may be better at administrating. And we know that church, a part of church is administrating because you got people. Right. I'm telling you what, even so many people, you got to go to the people got to go to the bathroom. Right. That's a that's a real thing. Right. So uh, if we got this many people showing up over here and we only got one toilet on the whole compound for the men and the women, it's going to become a problem. And somebody's going to have to step up and they don't have to be spiritual. They don't have to be that spiritual to solve that problem. I got the answer. We, this is how we get the, you know, the, uh, the bathroom situation taken care of, right? So, it, so some of the stuff transfers don't have to be spiritual. It just has to be wisdom and it has to be knowledge, right? Sure. Now you got wisdom, knowledge transfers, and you got foolishness that will transfer. Come on. Right? So, so those of us, how many of y'all here got a pass before you got saved? Let me see your hand. Right? right? This is the real church. Let me get the hands up. <laughs> right? Don't be lying in here. B, get that hand up. <laughs> right? So people in here, we had passed before we start serving God. We ain't been little angels the whole trip, right? And some that stuff will travel. So I'm coming in the church. Watch this, Gibson. You're going to like this, right? I'm coming in the church. B, help me out. Put this lay on my Well, I got, I got it. Help me out. I don't want to bend down. I'm stiff this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let it go. You can let it go. So I'm coming in the church. I hope I don't mess this up. I like this yellow one. They got another one if I mess it up? Okay, match my shoes. All right, so I'm coming in church, coming in the kingdom, and I got issues and problems, and I'm bringing it with me. Come on, bringing it with me. So I'm, I'm saved, coming in with my stuff, right, what that might have been, alcoholic, drug addict, coming in with my stuff. But I come coming in, Jesus didn't tell me to get rid of it before I come in, did he? He said, come in and we'll shake it off in the process. Right? So I'm coming in with my stuff. Right? But at a certain point, he expects for me to shake it off. To shake it off. Amen? He expects for me to shake it off. And so development has to take place. You have to grow. 
Right? Just, just, is there's not a requirement to come into the kingdom, but you don't have to shake off your stuff before you come in. He wants to shake it off in the process. Right? So development is something that has to happen. And development is a difficult thing. I was talking to my son yesterday. My son is, is my son. Right? Goodness gracious. He wants to be a businessman. Right? He, he's got dreams. He's a dreamer. And there was a lot of things that I didn't learn in, uh, in the beginning when I was his age. I did a lot of stupid and I did a lot of dumb stuff. Right? Because I had no, nobody to, no mentor. My dad wasn't that type of guy. He's a great guy. But maybe it was because his dad wasn't that type of guy. Why he didn't show it to me? Maybe it was on up, on up, on up. You know what I mean? So, and so sometimes you can't, and listen, we can't blame our parents for things that they didn't give us because perhaps maybe it wasn't given to them. All right. So, so, so we get, so, but we, we got access to somebody who knows everything. And that's Jesus. So whatever you don't know, we're going to get to the scripture. You can ask God and he'll get you the information that you don't know. Right. And so, um, you know, there, there are certain things he wants to do. And I'm son, you can't. And this is one myth that there exists. A myth that exists is that over the course of time, that time will fix everything. That's, that's not true. That's not true. It's true, but it's not true. And I'm going to tell you what I mean. Over the course of time, the only thing, the only way it gets fixed is because God works on you and God works in your situation. It ain't time didn't do it. God did it in time. Right? But you sitting around saying, you know, well, in time, it's going to be better. It might not. It might get worse. Right? If you don't get yourself together, it might get worse. Right? Uh, being an adult is about making choices. Yeah. Every choice you make. Now, now, now listen, listen to me. I want you to listen very good to what I'm saying. Man, I can tell you this, just say this, or I can say this with God. And I'm saying it with God. You can't, you can't be smart enough without God. You can't be smart enough. Smarts with God is a great thing. Yeah, amen. Because smarts with God, you don't know everything. You're going to always encounter something you don't know. But you always got access to the Lord. So I'm smart because of God, and I'm smart with God. Praise the Lord. Right? But if I don't develop, and I'm, I'm over here, and I'm thinking that time's going to fix it, I, if I'm stupid right now, I can be stupid 20 years from now if I don't grow and I don't develop. Right? Time ain't going to make me smart. Time makes you smart because maybe you go through some things in the process of time. Right? People, people just think it's, oh, it's gonna change. No! No! Listen, all of those stereotypes that we got of people that we said that we don't wanna be, when we was young, when you was 18, 19, let me back it up for the sake of the young people here. When you was 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, somewhere in there, and you say, look, when I get old, I don't wanna be that person. Guess what's coming soon if you don't change and develop? You finna be, that person was 15? 16, 17, 18, 19. And it's going to be you if you don't get your stuff together. That's right. They're right. I don't want to be that person. You might be about to be that person if you don't get yourself together. And if you turn out to be that person, guess what? You don't have to be that person. You don't have to stay that person. See, what is the issue? 
The issue is not that it's going to take a certain amount of time for me to be go from one thing to the other thing. Time is not going to do it. The issue is development. I could choose to to begin my developmental process when I'm a teenager, or I could wait till I'm 47 to start to develop. But it's still going to be the time. It's going to be the time is going to be determined by my development when I choose to do that. Yeah. Right? Not just because it's time. I'm, I'm, if you be honest, and I'll be honest too, you talk to people 40 years up, 40 years up. That's why that's why 40 year olds and 30 something year olds are more serious than young people. Because we already know we messed up a lot. We don't got much time to be messing up. Can I get any man in here? Amen. It's not rocket scientists. Because, well, they're old, they're smart. No, we messed up. We've been messing up for a long time. And now we got to get serious. Because when we get out to bed in the morning, we hurt. It's stiff. We're stiff in the morning. And it's new. Because it didn't use this new. And I'm trying to stretch and eat oatmeal. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Can I get a witness? Right? I'm trying to stretch and eat oatmeal, but this is new. Right? And every time I'm stiff, it's like, I need to do better. I, I'm, I, you know, the clock is speeding up. Right? So kids, they think they got all the time in the world. Oh, I'll fix it later. It'll be all right. Now, it might not be all right. It may not be all right if you don't get yourself together. It might not. The thing that, what do you say? The thing that I fear the most has come upon me. So now here you, you know, uh, uh, pushing 30. So when you're 20 and 30, a long way out, 30, that's a lifetime. Should hit that 27, 28. Ooh, I got a couple more birthdays. And then that mind start to shift. I better, I better get on this thing, right? Oh, let that 32, 33, 34 roll around. Shoot, I'm messing up. Right? The intensity level, it grows. The older you get, you 40 and look around like, man, I've been really messing up, man. Well, how did you get from 20 to 40? You lived. You didn't die. And that's how you got 40, because you didn't die. Right? And so if you plan on living, you plan on making it to 40, then you need to get busy right now. That's why I said the other, other night, Wednesday night, Kids don't have time, man. We run around here telling kids not to smoke weed and don't go to the clubs and that kind of stuff. Man, hey, it's way bigger than that. You need to start working on your future. That's why you need to stay out of the nightclub. Because you're going to be 40. You give seven years to the clubs. And they didn't give you nothing but a bunch of bad relationships and hangovers. That's all they gave you. Right? Empty pockets. Don't want to go to school. I'm, I'm, look, I'm going to school, but I learned how to party, learned how to drink in college. Uh-oh. Right? So what I'm going to do is, I don't really want to go to class. I'm supposed to be here getting education. That's why I showed up. But now partying is, I'm getting my degree in partying. <laughs> I done dropped all my classes, and I'm partying. And so then you look around and say, man, I might should have went to class <laughs> instead of so many parties. I might should have got up and went to work, right? Instead of being hungover in the morning. Maybe I'd have got a promotion. Something would have happened. We got to develop, man. You got to grow. Let me go a little bit further and then we'll, we'll land the plane. Amen? What are we stopping? Did we read any of it? None of it? Okay, let's, let's read. James 1. Let's read some. 
You know, one, one thing that makes the Bible so exciting to me is because a lot of this stuff, like stuff I might preach or, or read, it's, it's so much of it going in, I can't hold it all. So some of it slips out. So when I read it again, it's like brand new, Ryan. Whoa. It's like, you said that before. Oh, I did? <laughs> okay, James chapter 1, uh, verse 1. He says, it's James, a servant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered abroad among the Gentiles in the dis, uh, dispersion. Greetings, rejoice, consider it holy joy for my brethren. Whenever you are enveloped, everybody know what an envelope is, right? Like, you, just imagine you're stuck inside an envelope, been licked and sealed. You're stuck, right? Enveloped in the, in, in, or encounter trials or of any sort or fall into various temptations, be assured and understand that the trial and the proving of your faith bring out endurance, right? Everybody say endurance. endurance. Steadfastness. Say steadfastness. steadfastness. And patience. Right? So he says that the trial, the proving or the trial of your faith bring about endurance, steadfastness, and patience. Now let us look at uh, the definition of endurance. It's endure means to remain, to tarry behind, to remain or abide, to not recede or flee, to persevere under misfortunes or trials, to hold fast to one's faith in Christ. To endure bravely, calmly, uh, and ill treatment. Right? So we get, do we get, to, we get what that means? That means that no matter who else is running, you, you sticking to it. Right? So he says that, that, that you, you get that by going through some tough stuff. Yeah. Right? You, you learn how to stick to something by going through tough stuff. So if that's, if that's how you learn how to tough stuff, then learn how to stick to, uh, what you need to stick to by going through tough stuff, that means that when you quit, you ain't learning how to stick to it. Right? Quitting don't help you stick to it. And if, and if, if sticking to it, remember the Bible says the race is not given to the strong nor to the swift, but the one who can stick to it when it get hard. When that monkey jumps on your back and you in that, that last stretch, can you keep going? Sherry, when you in, what, what, you know, how long you be on the treadmill? How long you on the Stairmaster? Okay, so when you start to hit you, about 30 minutes in, right? Oh God, I don't know if I can keep going. <laughs> right? How do you, how do you get past that and be able to make that hour easy? By keep doing it every day, right? Or whenever you go, multiple times, just keep, out. listen, I want to, I want to get this thing down. I want to run this, whatever you, whatever you're trying to do, you have to learn how to stick to it. Yeah, yeah. Right? And in church, that, that seems that, that people are, that, you would think they give out licenses not to stick to stuff. That's the attitude in church. Oh, you don't have to stick to it, brother. God love you anyway. That's that attitude we got at church. Oh, it's for God. That's why people pull out a dollar when it's offering time. Oh, it's a dollar? It ain't nothing. You just for God. Right? God know, God know you ain't got money. <laughs> God know you ain't got no money, but God also know what you, he went to the mall with you the other day too. Uh-oh. Right? And he gonna go to the restaurant with, restaurant with you after church. Right? So they took up the special offering. You didn't have nothing to give to the special offering, but to the restaurant offering, you're generous abundantly. Uh-oh. Abundantly generous, whichever one it is. Pop off $130, $200 at the restaurant, couldn't give $10 at church. Right? Yeah, but God know, you know. He sure do, he know. 
All right. Let me stop messing with y'all. Whenever you envelop or, uh, or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations, be assured and understand that the trial or proven of your faith uh, bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work. In other words, don't run from what God's trying to do when stuff get tough. Right? Don't run from what God from what God's trying to do when stuff gets tough. I gotta land the plane. I got I'm only about halfway when I'm only a third of the way through, I gotta land the plane. Um, let let it have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed, with no defects, lacking in nothing. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask. Of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and unbegrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding and it will be given him. Only it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, hesitating or doubting. For the one who waves, hesitates, doubts is like a billowing surge out of the sea that is blown hither and, and thither. Good King James stuff. And tossed by the wind, for truly let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks from the Lord. For uh, for being as he is a man of two minds, I think we jumped to verse 12. For being he is a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute, unstable, unreliable, uncertain in everything he thinks, feels, and decides. That's a mess. So understand something. He says that what it would, if you're speaking about wisdom, what do we talk about? Being smart with God, right? We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna land the plane here for a second. Let me, let me wrap it up. Understand something. We talk about being smart with God, right? So he said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask God. So you're on the journey with God. Why did he say ask God for wisdom if you don't need it? Anybody get that? Why did, why did it say ask God for wisdom if you don't need wisdom? That's a, that's a, a, a bomb dropped in here. Boom. That's, that's big, ain't it? Right? Why, why ask God for wisdom if you don't need wisdom? So then I got wisdom. I'm traveling with God and I need some more. So I got some that I'm traveling with, like I got gas in the car, right? To get me from one place to the other place. But I get to, get to a certain point. I need some more gas. I need some. So it's not that I'm dumb when I ask God for wisdom. I could have wisdom, but I need more as I'm on the journey. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, so again, you can't just be out here talking about how smart you are. Right? You gotta be smart with God. You and God have to be in this thing together. Because your smarts can run out with whoever gave them to you. And, and whoever gave them to you got it from God. From somewhere. They might not know it. So I'm gonna connect with the one who don't run out of smarts. So as I walk together, wherever we're going, whatever we're doing, whatever my assignment is, I'm walking with God. I'm getting wisdom from God. God is teaching me. God is showing me. He's telling me not to go there. He's telling me to go there. He's telling me not to buy this. He's telling me to buy that. Don't invest here. Do that. Don't hang out with them. God's telling me everything I need to know. And, and guess what's happening after he tells me what I need to know? I'm knowing. Right? So I'm knowing that, but I need to know some other things. So on, on, the, on the basis as we go into the development of faith, which we'll pick up the next time on that. On the basis of developing faith, he, he talks about when you ask, what, he's talking about asking God for wisdom, but it's about everything else. When you ask, you got you to gotta believe. You can't be wavering, you can't be doubting. Let's read what he said about the wavering and the doubting. Good, that was good, right? Uh, I think it's verse 12. 
What's, what, what's the first word of verse 12? I told you when I copy and paste this stuff, it don't, it don't put the numbers in there. 7, 8, what I'm looking for? What's it say? 7, 8. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. You want it before that? No, nah, that's the one. That's the one. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all. Okay. For the one who wavers, hesitates, doubts. It's like a billowing surge out of the sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. For truly, let not such a person imagine. That means don't even play with your mind. Don't even let your mind go there. Don't let the person imagine that he will receive anything that he asks from, from the Lord. That's not a big problem, though. That's not a problem. You say, oh, that's terrible. It's not a problem because when, as your faith develops, it'll, this situation will change. But God's telling you, I go by my rules. My rules are my rules. Right? Faith gets you what you need. No faith, you can't get what you, what you need. But you can develop your faith. So you may be in this spot right now. That's not a problem. Just don't be disappointed. You ain't getting what you want because you don't trust God. Right. But as your faith grows, then guess what? There's no issue. So he says, for not uh, at this stage, if a person's at this stage, let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything that he asked for from the Lord. Why? Is it because God can't do it? Is it because God's not willing to do it? No, it's your fault because of where you are at this stage of your development. For being as he is a man of two minds, he hesitates. He's dubious. He's irresolute. He is unstable. Now, God's a wise investor. He's not going, he's not going to invest in you. God, I, I want to do this business. I need you to give me X amount of resources. Then people start, you know, the folks loan you money and give you money, whatever like that. Then you get two, three weeks into it, somebody's too hard. God's not going to invest in you like that. I got people I know that, that, that they're on one thing this week, one thing the next week, and then they want me to help. I'm not going to help you with nothing because you, you don't know where you're at. So why would you expect God? Oh, to God, we say we live out of his pockets and not ours. Yeah, his pockets are locked up until you get your head right. <laughs> yeah, you can't just unzip the pocket. The purse is locked up. You can't get the money. No wallet until you get your head right. Right? right? It's not such a person. Imagine that he will receive anything he asked for from the Lord because being is a man of two minds. Man, flip-flopping back and forth. I know what that's like. I done been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, but I took it back. Amen. Got my money back. He's hesitating. He's dubious. He's irresolute. He's unstable. He's unreliable. He's uncertain in everything. Not only that he does, but everything he thinks, everything he feels, and every decision that he makes. This brother is a mess. Right. So faith has to be developed. Now, next uh, next time we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, the children of Israel going through the Red Sea. And we, we're going to look at that hard stuff I told you about. I didn't hear it today. Oh, that, that wasn't that bad. No, I'm going for the juggler. Hey, we're going to get you next time. Right. But we're going to talk about Moses and them going through the Red Sea. Right. Because that was that process of coming out of Egypt was a difficult thing. For Moses and for the children of Israel. But that wasn't the end thing. There were bigger things to come. Remember what he told them? The reason why he sent Moses, he didn't send Moses say, I'm just going to break them out of Egypt. You know, good old-fashioned jailbreak at the OK Corral. You know, he's going to go get them out and just let them wander around. He said, no, I'm going to get them out and I'm going to take them to the promised land. Right? So they had to be developed on the way to the promised land. Because how many of you know that the battles increased larger and larger along the way? They thought that the whole Red Sea thing was the big deal. The Red Sea is the big deal. We're stuck over here. 
They come in and we don't got nowhere to go. No flotation devices. We have no inner tubes, no boats. They come in. Right? They don't have that Red Sea encounter. They do not develop. That, that encounter is not recorded for us nor for their kids. So we read that encounter. What does it do for us, B. Give? It gives us faith. Man, he, he got him, and they was in an impossible situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And God delivered them. That situation doesn't happen, or if that situation is untrue, it does not add to us. Amen? So, so, we're gonna look at that. They had places they had to go. They needed that encounter. So, so, and, and who told them to show up over there when they were stuck over there by the water and the people coming? Did Moses come up with that? No. God said, look, I want you to go camp over here in this spot right here. Oh, I got to stop, Russ. <laughs> I want you to go. I want you to, I want you to set up your camp right here by the water. Oh, this is good. We're going to go fishing. It's going to be a picnic. <laughs> right? Pharaoh, done let us go. We, we, this, is, this is nice. It's like going on a cruise. <laughs> right? We, we, we're going to be by the water. I got my fishing rod. And, you know, last, remember last time we went fishing, how much fun we had over there? Right? We're going to go fishing. We're going to eat. I got mink coats. How, you like this mink coat I got from the people? Remember God told me, he said, to borrow all that stuff, right? He said, go borrow their gold so they don't left out of there like rich people. Just stuff. Old lady coming out of there with mink coats and jewelry and all kind of stuff. Don't even know what she got, right? Coming out of that place, stuff weighing her down. They get over there by that water. It's the good life. Praise the Lord, saints. <laughs> right? That's how we get. And they got over there by that water and God said, I hear you praising me, but guess who coming? Well, that man coming now, he changed his mind. His wife had a good stern talking to him, and they coming. But they needed that experience. Because that was, you tell me, listen, that was no way they, they were out of that thing. We can't get across this water with the kids and all the people. We can't do it. And they coming. They coming to kill us, or they coming to take us back. And we don't have no weapons. God set them up in that Spot to develop their faith. God, listen, God, this was not hid from God when God first started talking to Moses. He said, Mo, I need to go get my people. I heard them crying. They've been praying. I want to go get them. So he tells Moa, you're going to have some trouble over there. That's all right, but I'm going to be with you. He put a little stick on the ground. Watch me. Let me show you some of the stuff I can do. Rod turned into a snake. Now reach out and pick it up. You see what you got? I can do more than what you can see. Let's establish that right now. No matter what you can see, I can do way more than what you can see. But God needed that to happen. God put him in that spot. God wouldn't do that. He did it. Maybe the spot that you're in as you stand on your feet this morning. Stand up. Stand up this morning. Maybe the spot that you're in right now. God may have you in that spot. He might have let you wander over to that spot. 